I'm your host, Kaylee, and I love my career as a venue manager and now owner. I'm a glutton for punishment, coffee addict, and an ambitious leader. I've seen and done some unglamorous things in this chosen career path, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Let's talk about the ups and downs of venue ownership, and I'll fill you in on the crazy stories, give you some knowledge on the nitty gritty details, and share my passion for this industry. Stick around, and I'm sure you're going to understand why operating a venue, although rewarding, is elegantly unglamorous. So I am back this week. I have been trying to chase a cold and some throat and ear stuff, guys. (laughs) You can tell it's fall. Um, You can tell that event season is winding down because I'm finally stopping. And as soon as I stop, I get sick. I swear this is how it always happens. I am sick almost all winter just because it's a slower time for us. So I feel like my body takes a... You know, my body takes a break, and so it's like, ooh, time to get sick. And it just, yeah, (laughs) it just comes at me full force. However, I want to talk about some stuff this week that this is a really important topic and what is going to secure your business. Now, it's about contracts. Contracts are the backbone to your business and will always, if you work in any client service industry, you need to have a contract. Um, And some people are, you know, some people are like, oh, a contract should be super vague. So then that way you can kind of make it up as you go. I'm the opposite. I think a contract should be very detailed. I think that it should hold you and the client liable for, Um, you know, certain services and payment dates and things like that. I like to have it very, very, very detailed. Um, Our contract is extremely detailed. And um, I mean, I I can go into this with you and, and dive into the whole world of contracts and what should be in there, but really it's going to depend on your services. So if you have not listened um, to our to my episode about services and what kind of service you're going to provide, back it on up. Go listen to the service episode just about what services you're going to provide. The, the you know, if you're providing tables and chairs, if you're, prov- you know, what time the venue opens for the client, what time it closes, are they getting the full weekend, or are they just getting one day? There's so much that goes into it. So go back to that, make sure you streamline your services, and then you can actually build a contract because once you know exactly what you're providing and what you're going to lock yourself into in a contract, then you can actually move forward and develop that contract. But let me talk about um, different elements within the contract. Okay. So in our contract, now this is all that I can really give you because I can't go from another person's contract. However, I can tell you that when this contract was created, we definitely looked off of a public event space in Indianapolis, which we're in Fort Wayne. So 
not too far from us, but we definitely looked off of their contract, which was very visible online. You can Google, literally just Google um, venue contracts and you can find a lot of contracts. Pull pieces from that, pieces, bits and pieces that you know make sense to you. And don't think that you always have to have an attorney create one for you. You can do most of the work by pulling that information and developing a contract and then send it to your attorney to review, but you don't have to have them create it all for you. Save yourself some money. Just go to other people's contracts, pull that information, pull what works for you. Um, I promise it's not plagiarism. A lot of our contracts are all the same anyways. Um, there's a lot of details in here, but then you've got to customize it all to you. I mean, you've got to customize parts of it to your services, to your location, things like that, the type of clients you're pulling. Um, that's really going to play a role in it. So um, our contract always starts off with the client listing their name, their permanent address. I always tell them, like, give me the address you want your damage deposit to go back to because this is another topic. But, um, you know, I need to have an address. If you change addresses, you got to tell me because I'm going to send it to this address. Um, I want a contact phone number and I want an email just so that way I know exactly who I'm getting to. Um, and I know their contact information if I need to get a hold of them. Also, um, we always, there's a clause in here and it's very important. This space rental agreement known as the agreement is entered into and between business name and blank. So the renter lists their name again, this day of, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like the day that the contract was signed. This is kind of crucial because it's establishing that your space, you consider this an agreement, the space rental agreement known as the agreement. So you say agreement. So that way, anytime you use the word agreement in your contract, that's what it is known as. Like that, that will reference back to the space rental agreement they assigned. It's I know there's a lot of things like this that are like, ooh, you know, like that's a lot of details. But I promise you that it's good to have good communication and everybody calls something a different name. You can call a contract an agreement, a rental agreement, a rental contract, a plain contract. There's so many ways to say it. Why don't you just spell it out and what you're going to call it? Because <clears throat> That way, there's no miscommunication with the client. Um, the next uh, section, we have the space rental. So straight up, we ask for what the event purpose is. It's for, you know, a wedding or a business party. Then you have section, you know, B, the event date and the event end and start time. So this is where you list the time that they can get in and the time that they have to be out by. So ours is 8 a.m. to 1130. Uh, we also have an option to add on ceremonies on site. So we make them check a yes or no box if they're having ceremonies on site because we charge extra for a ceremony on site. Um, 
Then we have rental fees. So that's where we really get into how much the rental fee is and the tax for that rental fee. We also have the rental fee deposit. Um, so we list out what the deposit is. Um, and we our, our rental fee deposit is $1,000. We split it into two payments. So the first $500 is due when signing the agreement. And then 30, or 90 days later, another $500 is due. So that's actually spelled out in the agreement. Um, the remaining rental fee less the paid rental fee deposit is due. So when all the remaining rental and whatnot is due, like we need, they need to know that due date. Um, what is included in your rental? So we include um, ivory or black lap length tablecloths, choice of in stock color napkin, setup of a general floor plan, and cleanup excluding personal decorations or items provided by the renter. So exactly what it is like. That's what we provide. That's what's included in that cost of your rental. Pretty self-explanatory. And then we also say that the space isn't reserved until that rental fee deposit is received. So you put down that $500, hold your date for three months, then you got to pay the other $500 and that will lock you in. So um, damage deposit, we have a damage deposit. So really what a damage deposit is, is if there's any damage to the facility, the client, we hold a certain amount of money. If there's any damage to the facility, we will take out a certain amount of money, whatever the cost was to make any repairs or any excess cleanup or whatever it might be. We'll take it out of that damage deposit and send the remaining back. Um, I don't really have to use this very much because I'm pretty lenient. I, excess cleanup isn't a big deal for us. Um, there really isn't a lot, but, um, the only time I've really taken stuff out is I've had a couple like, uh, mirrors or things like that, that are broken. I don't know what they were doing. A lot of times I had a sconce pulled off a wall, literally. Um, so I did charge for that and I, you know, I took it out of their deposit, sent it right back to them within 30 days after signing or after the event date. <clears throat> Payments. Um, this is where you list, you know, what you accept, cash or check. Do you have a processing fee for credit cards? I highly suggest that you have a processing fee, especially if you're charging large amounts. Um, our, I know our credit card processing company charges us 3.5%, and I'm not going to lose three or $400 to process a credit card just out of convenience. So, um, you know, if they want us to run a card, that's great. That's fine. But I'm going to add 3.5% to that payment amount. Um, and then return checks, you know, how much does that cost per return? So then we have another section for our wedding ceremonies just because we provide ceremonies at an additional cost because they have additional things that a reception just doesn't have. Like rehearsal times before the wedding, um, also a bridal suite and outdoor location and chairs set up for them and things like that. So, you know, we charge additional for that and it explains that. We have a decor rental service because we provide decor in-house. So I always say, you know, you got to let me 90 you got to let me know 90 days before. Um, you have to schedule a consultation no less than 60 days before the wedding. Uh, we have a $500 minimum decor rental requirement. Um, Payment for the decor is due 14 days before the wedding. Like all this stuff is listed out. Then we have our cake cutting section. This is because we have an issue, like I said, 
you know, contracts adapt to the business and they're, they're different. So, uh, we found that we were having major issues with people expecting us to cut their cake and we didn't bake it. (laughs) So, and we were providing a service and silverware and plates at no cost. And that cost us a lot of money. So, uh, what we did is we ended up putting in a cake cutting option to where they could opt to use our cake cutting service or not to use our cake cutting service. If they don't use it, then they have to provide everything for it. So they need to provide someone to do the cake cutting, provide the plates and the silverware, because if they opt out of it, we don't provide it. Um, catering. So we do all the catering in house. So we have a catering section because it's very important to list out what is included in catering and what we allow and what we don't allow. Um, so we don't allow any outside caterers. Um, and that's in bold because that is part of our business. That is how we keep our business afloat. That is the bread and butter. That is what supports us. So we don't allow outside caterers. All our rentals have to use our catering. Um, and then we require a full headcount 30 days before. We require for payment 14 days before. We What we include, everything is listed buffet-style pricing. We include China plates and silverware. <coughs> Sorry, guys. See, I said I was not feeling so amazing today. Um. Uh, We do not provide glassware, so we don't provide water goblets on the table. Some catering companies do, but we have found that our clients do not care. (laughs) We we know our clients. We know what they want, what they don't want, and so that just doesn't work for us. Uh, We can provide, you know, plated dinners at an additional cost because all our menu pricing on the packet that was given to them is listed as buffet-style pricing, and that's transparent. They know that when they look through our packet because it says all pricing listed is buffet style pricing. They want plated. We've got to get additional staff in here. So that means we're going to charge $7 additional per person and we got to put water goblets at the table, which we usually don't provide those with, you know, if you don't do plated, but now we got to. Um, and then, you know, what, what, the tax rate is on that. Um, if you're in a place where the tax rate fluctuates or whatever, then you need to make sure you list that. Um, if we provide tasting events, which we used to, and we are actually stopping that because we used to do tasting events, which is where we had several clients come in at once and do tastings. Um, I found that people ghost us. So they will get tickets to our tasting event and then they won't show up and we've made shit ton of food and they just aren't here. So, um, and I don't let them re I don't let them register again. So they're, if they don't show up and they don't tell me they're not coming, then they don't get to come to another one. Um, so I make sure that's pretty clear, but we're not doing any more tastings, no private tastings, no tasting events, uh, beforehand because our catering is established. Um, you know, we have several good reviews about our food and, honest, we're not doing anything crazy outlandish catering meals. We're not that kind of catering company. Um, and a lot of our clients aren't looking to have something custom. So now if they were doing custom, I would probably charge for a, like a small fee for a catering tasting. And then I would do, you know, I would have to do something, but listen, we've got so many clients. There's no way I could do private tastings. No way I could do private tastings and toast events. I'm doing three events in a weekend. Like I don't, I have four days to do anything else. And one, I got to have a break and I got to have a weekend myself, you know? So <clears throat> then we get into our bar service. 
So we just say we are the only ones that will provide bar service. We have a three-way liquor license. We provide service for a max of five hours. We don't go over five hours. So you tell me when to start. You tell me when to close. Um, and then we need to know your head count 30 days before and payment 14 days before um, you know, additional security. Now, recently I built my bartender cost and my security cost into the price of the package that they choose from because I like to keep things simple. I'd want them to look at the price and know exactly what it is, except for, you know, because we used to add in bartenders and security separate um, to the package cost. I thought, why am I doing this? This makes no sense. And so now I just built it into the cost. Um, and then, you know, we have full rights to discontinue the bar service if there's any underage drinking or personal alcohol consumed on the property. You know, we have the full rights to discontinue that because that's our liquor license and we're going to protect that at all costs, especially if people are mis misbehaving. Uh, and then, you know, I've had a lot of issues with bar service and violations and people just not being respectful and being drunk or whatever it is. And the number one rule is no personal alcohol is allowed on the property inside and outside before, during, or after the event at all. It's bold. It's in capital letters. It is underlined. I make it very clear that they are not allowed to have personal alcohol because if we can't control the consumption, I can't serve any alcohol because I'm responsible for those people and I'm not going to risk it. Um, and then we have, you know, as I say, I have no toleration for personal alcohol as we have signs posted on all the doors. We ask a DJ to read a statement. Um, the first offense, you know, I go into how I handle the alcohol issues because a lot of people will ask me, well, how do you handle it? I'm very clear. I put it into my contract exactly how I'm going to handle it. Um, and that keeps me to that because sometimes I'm a little pissed off <laughs> and I just want to shut the bar down right away but I can't because I have to follow the contract myself too. So that helps us kind of, you know, I mean, I can, I definitely can just say, no, I'm done um, and shut it down if I want to, because I said it in my contract, but I will follow these, you know, these rules. First offense, you know, we, we have the security, you go up to the guest and tell them they can do whatever they're doing. Second offense, we go to the renter and we tell the renter, you got 15 minutes for a correction and to fix this. If you can't fix it, we're going to shut down the bar service. Third offense, I shut down the bar service. And any personal alcohol that I find, I charge $10 per item, shot bottle, can, whatever it is, I will charge you for it. If I have to get to that third offense, that's what's going to happen. Fourth offense, I just shut your bar. I, you know, third offense, I've already shut your bar down. So fourth offense, I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> like you aren't even going to be able to party anymore. I'm going to have the sheriff department, the county sheriff department come in and remove you from the facility. Um, and I can skip directly to fourth offense within, uh, with any physical violence towards staff members or anything like that. Um, verbal or physical, if you get any kind of aggression with me or my staff members or my security, you're out. I'm not even going to play. Nope. You and your guest. I'm not going to have it. You don't act like that. You do not threaten my staff. You do not threaten me in general. Um, and the reason why I say this is because I've had physical violence towards me and um, it's a very scary thing and I'm not going to deal with it and I don't tolerate it. So I let my clients know exactly. I will go from zero to a hundred real quick. I will go straight to fourth offense and kick you all out if any 
verbal or physical aggression is displayed towards me or my staff members. Um, and then, you know, that I say that they have full responsibility of their guests. All alcohol, all personal alcohol removed from a party bus needs to be collected by the Eden staff and put, um, put in the office locked. I don't let them take it back out to their cars because they can just go back out to their cars and get it. So we take it immediately and we lock it in my office. They can come get it after the wedding. Cancellations. Um, so 100% forfeited of cancellation, excess time fee. You know, if what happens if they exceed their hours? You know, they're 8 a.m. to 1130. We charge $100 per hour at the start of the hour. So if you're still in that building at 1131, I'm charging you $100 right then and there. <laughs> Um, am I very strict on this? No, guys, I, I do, I am a little lenient. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not there to ruin someone's wedding, but if I need to go back up, if it's 12 o'clock and they were supposed to be out at 1130, I'm probably going to tell them, Hey, your excess time is starting and I'm going to charge you a hundred dollars starting now. So you need to leave. Um, it, it's just a little bit, you know, it kind of gives them a little scare, <laughs> especially at the time of contract signing. They're like, oh, crap. Okay, we got to make sure we're out here. And then that way I don't have to worry about it when it comes time to the wedding. They know. Um, excess cleanup, you know, they have to set up and clean up during the start and end time of the rental. Um, they, if we need to store any rental items, because since I do three weddings in a weekend sometimes, a lot of times we have we have rental items come in. They can't leave those. They got to take those rental items. So if you have a rental company come in and bring you an arch, you got to take that arch. Um, it can't stay here. And if it does, I'll put it in my barn, but I'm also going to charge you $200 a day for storage. Um, and I'm not responsible for any of the damage of those items. So we make sure that's listed. Uh, we have decor restrictions. So that's listed. You know, we say no holes in the walls, no table confetti, no confetti cannons. Uh, flame, uh, candles need to be in a fire safe container. If you're having any dried flowers or pompous grass, it needs to be a battery operated candle. And that I'm getting very strict on that because I have seen, I have seen some Facebook videos and I am horrified. I watched a whole ballroom go up in flames from a pompous grass and dried flower ceiling installation. And the, you know, those cold sparks that DJs have. Yeah, I've seen that video and that video scares the shit out of me. <laughs> um, I also will charge a fee if we need to clean up any vomit, urine, or fecal matter. I hate saying that, but how many times have I had to clean up crap? Not just poop, guys. I'm talking like vomit. That's our big one. Um, I don't know why people decide they want to puke in our bathroom sinks. That is not the toilet. And that is I, like... I don't even want you to puke in the toilet. Go outside, puke in the grass. We're on 26 acres. Go find a like acreage to puke in. I just do not puke inside. <laughs> like I don't want it. Um, even if it's on my parking lot, I would probably be pretty lenient, wouldn't charge anything because I would just take the hose and wash it off. Um, but I hate cleaning up vomit. I was nine months pregnant and I was scooping vomit out of a sink you probably want to puke now. So I have a pretty decent stomach um, and I've done it a lot. So I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> over it already. Um, 30 day event meeting. So at 30 days, I like to meet with the client. So I have that all written down. I want, I have a form that they have to fill out by 30 days. Um, that's also 
when all their headcount and stuff is due, their timeline, I want to know their vendor details, their catering menu, bar menu. I like to regroup um, at 30 days. And if it's past 30 days, because trust me, I've had some clients that push me and are like, well, can we do it two weeks before? No, we can't because I got to schedule in my staff. Uh, I give my staff 30 days notice of an event. Um, and then communication, I list out my phone and email hours. I list out that I am on a day-to-day basis on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. Consider us closed on Sundays and Mondays and sometimes Tuesdays because we need a weekend. We deserve time off too and we're human. Um, don't text the business number. I know it's a cell phone, but it sits on my desk. I'm not looking at it. Um, here's my email. Here's the business number. And my voicemails will be returned within 24 hours unless I'm sick. Um, so pretty pretty transparent on that because I'm not. And it says do not Facebook message my the event staff directly. Do not because we're not replying. Especially I've had clients that will Facebook message me at 9 o'clock at night please don't. I'm not going to answer. It's not a, It's not an emergency. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, photo rights, if they're public, we can share them. That's, you know, that's a pretty good one because I didn't used to have this in there, but if, if I can find them on Facebook, I'm probably going to save them and share them. Just saying. I'm going to note the photographer and then I'm going to share them. Uh, vendor guidelines that they're responsible for their vendors because we allow any them to have any vendors that they want. And we aren't requiring them to have event insurance. But listen, <coughs> you're responsible for your vendors. So if they mess things up or, you know, ruin something, you're, you're responsible for it, not your vendors. Um, if you hire an actual professional vendor, they should have insurance. But just saying condition of premise, you know, we provide, provide it as is. We want it back as is. If there's any damages that would be billed um, or taken out of the damage deposit, um, I list out my decor restrictions. So here's my decor restrictions, and I think this will help you a lot. Um, I listed some of them just a little bit ago, but I'll just read it. No loose glitter, table confetti, confetti cannons, open flames, silk petals, water beads, orbeez, Cold sparks slash fog machines or holes in the walls. If de uh, decorating with dried flowers or pompous grass, all candles will need to be battery operated. Fireworks must be approved by the Eden. The Eden has right to ask all decor violate violations, all decor violating these conditions set in this agreement be removed immediately. The Eden will charge an, uh, a fee of $250 for an excess cleanup of these de decor items. Now, a lot of people are like, silk petals aren't that big of a deal. They're not big if the ceremony's inside, but if it's outside, silk petals, and I've got a wedding the next day, we got to go out there and pick up every single freaking petal out of the yard. I don't do that. No, don't have silk petals. They need to be real petals. And even then, they're not, so the next day, sometimes they're not even gone all the way. So we're out there picking them up still. But I'm lenient, you know, but no silk petals because they'll be out there for weeks. Water beads and orbies. I hate these. I hate them because kids will realize that they're orbies or water beads. You know, the ones that are like when they're dry, they're really tiny. And then when you put them in water, they expand and become like a jelly. They will smash the crap out of these. And then we can't get them off the floors. They're everywhere. 
They're everywhere. Don't have them. Don't have them. Cold sparks, fog machines. Like I said, that pompous grass will light on fire. I'm not dealing with it. And I don't trust them. So I don't care if I could stick my hand in that flame. You're not burning my building down. Um, children must be attended by all adults. I definitely have that in there because we're on 26 acres. If a child is off on the property, just gallivanting out there doing whatever, they need to have an adult to watch them. If they get hurt, it's not my responsibility. They shouldn't have been out there. (laughs) Um, insurance, we suggest to provide, um, you know, insurance. That's a suggestion. We don't require insurance. A lot of insurance companies will make you require insurance and have stuff. I don't, you know what? It's one thing less on my plate to worry about. If they want to get insurance, I always tell them, if you trust your guests not to be assholes, then you probably don't need insurance. But if you're having 300 people, get insurance. If they trip over a rug, it's my fault. My insurance is going to cover that. But if they're stupid and hang from a chandelier and rip it out of the ceiling, that's not my fault. And you've got to pay for those damages. But if you have a public liability insurance policy, they would pay for the property damage. Um, Then you get into legal statements where you have conduct, release, and indemnity. Um, Those are very standard. You can just Google those. Force majeure is very um, important for COVID. You can really pretty much put anything in your force majeure, but ours just says that, you know, if there's anything beyond the control of us, we can opt out of our contract. Um, So epidemics, quarantines, like lack of utilities, severe weather, then we'll get give you back your deposit less any administrative fees and costs and labor put into the event prior. So uh, permitted use, it's just for whatever they told us it was for, compliance of laws, follow government laws. Um, it, it's, I mean, this is stupid, but it's needed. Um the entire agreement. So saying that we can't change, alter, vary, enlarge anything that need that contradicts the agreement is not valid, even if it's verbal or written. So if I tell someone they could have a, the space an hour later, it's not valid. It needs to be in a signed contract. So we need to do a whole new contract. Um, so there's nothing, if I'm going to contradict the um, agreement in any way, if I say silk petals are fine, it's not valid. You got to have it taken out of the agreement, a new agreement signed. Um, write an entry just saying we can enter at any time. Um, and then agreement binder is not an agreement until both parties have signed. So that's our contract. It's, I have been going on and on guys. Um, but it's very standard. It's, um, but I, like I said, I like to be very detailed And maybe you want to format yours in a different way. Ours is very, you know, you've got your section where it's like ceremony. And then you've got like, okay, payment date is section A under ceremony. And then you've got what is included in the ceremony is section B. And, and, you know, when the paint, I don't know, like we subcategory all of our stuff. But we try to keep it pretty self-explanatory. For someone who has a degree in communications, I like to make sure that things are very clear, very clear. Um, Nobody can ever come to me and say that they didn't know Um, because, like I said, I will meet with that client 
to sign their contract. Um, I highly suggest not doing any click signs, especially if you provide a really detailed service that your contract is super long. I mean, our contract is nine pages, nine pages, um, because we provide so many services. And listen, I, when we took over the business, it was one page. <laughs> the contract was one page, which is crazy to me. But, um, I went in and, and really detailed it out because they can't come to me with questions. There's nothing gray about it. It's very black and white. It's very, this is the set rules. This is what you have to do. This is what you can't do. Um, this is, you know, it holds us responsible too, which I like having clear direction. Um, and so, yeah, it's very self-explanatory, um, very black and white. I feel like all contracts should be black and white. It should be very detailed. Some are, some will argue and say it puts you in a bind uh, when it comes time for other issues. But I think that um, you should be you should be providing a service that is very upfront. And so um, your contract should be black and white and show, so should your services. Hold everybody to the same standard, including yourself. So that is it, guys. Um, I'm going to get off here and go get a Hall's cough drop because my throat is sore and this fall weather is killing me. Um, but have a good day, guys. I will talk to you later. Bye. So I have to make a note. My closing <laughs> statement on like my closing part of the podcast says that you can follow us on Instagram and our website. I have not gotten those set up. Um, that's a, that's a winter thing. <laughs> I have not gotten to that point. Um, if you have questions or you want to reach out to me, I do have an email elegantly unglamorous at gmail.com that is active. Um, however, no, you can't find me on Instagram. And no, my my website is not up yet. I've been working on it, but I'm one of those people that have to have it all or nothing and perfect. Um, I'm also working on developing some services, maybe some coaching or um, also some packets that you can download and actually use to develop your business. And I think they would be great tools. But like I said, they have to be perfect before I put them out there. So it's taking me a little bit. I've got weddings going on right now. Um, I'm hoping by like January of 2022, it will be launched and up there, especially when I have a little bit more time to get everything together. So um, for right now, listen to my false closing <laughs> announcement at the end. But just know it's on its way, guys. And I appreciate you listening. So have a good day. Bye. Do you know another venue owner, event professional, or maybe an entrepreneur that you think will benefit from this podcast? Why don't you share it with them and help me inspire others? Stay informed by following or subscribing to this podcast. You'll be notified each time an episode is posted. You can also follow me for more tips and inspiration on Instagram at Elegantly Unclamorous Podcast or on our website at ElegantlyUnclamorous.com. I'll see you next time.